0: Hey, bud, you got a spud? No, fool, but I got a cool. Full disclosure, I'm Robin Farzad. Now, I'm a feller with a heart of gold with the ways of a gentleman, I've been told. The kind of a feller that wouldn't even harm a flea. But if me and a certain character met, the guy that invented the cigarette, I'd murder that son of a gun in the
1: first degree. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. If you smoke yourself to death. This truly is a tax on the one thing that we know, emphatically, will kill you.
0: Smoking. Try being the main guy pushing for a cigarette tax hike in Tobacco Town, USA. A city full of crumbling schools and people smuggling Marlboros up north all the time. It ain't easy. Stay with us. This week's episode made possible by our friends at Elwood Thompson's, the best market in Virginia, hands down. At the top of Carytown, you can try the new flatbreads, the beet cafe, Indian Wednesdays, the delicious breakfast spread, including those exceptional vegan biscuits. I love them. I practice what I preach because I'm there pretty much every day at the corner of Elwood and Thompson streets, hence the name, and at elwoodthompsons.com. Joining me in studio in historic downtown R of VA, City Councilman Parker Agilosto, representing Richmond's 5th District. He is the torchbearer for the unthinkable, a cigarette tax in Richmond, Virginia, one of America's big tobacco towns. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks, Robin. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thank you. I have this stat to throw by you, which still blows my mind. It was released by Credit Suisse in 2015, and the numbers could be refreshed, but they, they largely hold. One dollar in the average American industry was worth $38,255 invested by 2010, if you started in 1900. That's an annual return of about 10% per year, which is not bad. Some did far better. A dollar invested in food companies was worth about $700,000 by 2010. Chemical and electrical equipment companies returned about the same. Then there's tobacco, which was in a league of its own. $1 One dollar invested in tobacco stocks in 1900 was worth—wait for it—six point three million dollars by 2010. That's 165 times greater than the average industry. So I'm quoting CNN Money here: during a century of innovation, progress, excitement, and scientific advancement, no industry did better than cigarettes. Right? And the conventional wisdom is that cigarettes have seen their their best days. The adult smoking rate has kind of collapsed. Um, People are taking up vaping increasingly now. Even so, Altria, which is parent of Philip Morris USA, the biggest tobacco company in the USA, has $120 billion market capitalization. It has um, dominant share uh, in terms of Marlboro Reds. uh, It's kind of enjoying its protected position right now after all of this regulation has been there and smaller players have merged out. And yet they're pushing back at your proposal for – a rather small cigarette tax here in Richmond to fund public education. How is that?
1: Well, I think the, the bigger thing right now for me is it's not about Altria, right? We have a crisis in our public schools where we have underfunded the school maintenance and we've just increased the meals tax to cover for new construction, and yet in our proposed budget that the mayor introduced, there's one and a half million dollars to maintain 44 schools on a per square foot. That's about 30 cents to maintain these buildings that are on average over 60 years old. 80% of the buildings are 20 years old. And so we have a crisis in maintaining these buildings. And we're having to find revenue. And in Virginia, the General Assembly tells us, here are the options for how a city can raise revenue. We're already very high for real estate. We're very high for, uh, in fact, I think we're the highest now for meals tax. And we've got admissions tax. We've got other taxes. Um, and this is the only tax that the General Assembly says that you can use in Virginia that the city of Richmond has opted not to to ever tax a cigarette
0: tax a cigarette tax
1: so how are you saying it's
0: not about altria and by the way i'm going to get struck by lightning for saying this in this town it's to my to my mind it's the twenty-ton elephant sitting there and yet no one ever talks about it. the most profitable company arguably, in, in, in the 20th century in the United States. The big benefactor of the arts here, um, somebody uh, responded to your column saying that we give so, you know, I was an Altria hourly employee. We we give so much to the schools here. Uh, they are backing the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts, the Altria Theater, formerly the mosque here. Um, you know, they, they give out money quite charitably. And they do that effectively.
1: They have tons. They gave money to the mayor. Well, and they have a lot of goodwill. And uh, I think the easiest thing to to explain that it's not a tax on Altria is that it is technically a consumer tax. So the people who consume it ultimately pay it, just like a meals tax. When you eat, it's not the restaurant who pays the tax. It is the customer who's dining that pays the tax. And in this instance, um, whether you choose to smoke a Marlboro Red or whether you choose to smoke a Camel, the tax is equal regardless of who the manufacturer is. Uh, I think the, the big thing for me is that this is technically a cigarette tax. It's not a tax on vapor. It's not a tax on these new, less harmful, no-burn tobacco products that, that Altria and others are coming out with. This truly is a tax on the one thing that we know emphatically will kill you, smoking. Smoking burning it and smoking it, inhaling it into your lungs to the degree that we through Medicaid are paying on average $700 of taxpayer money to cover health care costs for those people who chose to smoke. And yet you're getting all this pushback, something that seems eminently reasonable. I'm
0: quoting your column. You, you wrote a piece uh, in the Richmond Times-Dispatch this week. RVA needs a cigarette tax to help with school maintenance, and you cite some comparative numbers. You say all 50 states have a cigarette tax ranging from $0.17 to $4.35 per pack. The average state tax is seventy-two. yet Virginia has the second lowest tax at $0.30 per pack. And it's been more than a decade since this rate was established. Today, 92 localities in Virginia impose a local cigarette tax. These rates range from five cents per pack to a buck 15, with the median rate for cities being 42 cents. You're saying if Richmond implemented a rate of 80 cents per pack, it could generate 5.3 million each year. What does 5.3 million do uh, for this schools crisis, where we have um, the new? Uh, the new school superintendent coming in here actually on his first week on the job, taking picture of warped bathroom walls, really worse than third world conditions at some schools. What does $5.3 million buy you either on a, on a cash basis or in terms of um, uh, goodwill towards interest or, or financing, finally
1: putting a backstop behind finance? Sure. So one thing, um, our mayor has said that he would not support the proposal if it were used to finance. So we're not going to use it for issuing debt. Uh, However, using it on a cash basis to cover the maintenance is massive. As I mentioned, $1.5 million is proposed for school facility maintenance on 44 properties in next year's budget. This would bring another $5 million in the schools need between 8 and $11 million annually just to maintain the square footage that they have, let alone the crisis that they are in, whereby the school board has come to the city council and said, we need $14 million for HVAC repairs just in next year's budget. They've requested 30 million dollars for next year's budget in school maintenance, and over the next five years, they have $92 million worth of school maintenance needs. And yet, in our five-year budget forecast, we're only appropriating $12 million. $5 million every year will, will make it three times that amount, and it will bring it to just about $1.74 per square foot, when national average for maintenance of schools is at $3.70. Hmm.
0: And so what are what are some comparative numbers for other cities up and down the seaboard which you look at as, as comparables to Richmond?
1: I mean a lot of people up
0: north they seem to think that this place is Talladega sure. or you know Tuscaloosa or something like that, but it's very it's increasingly resembling Beltway and Mid-Atlantic Um, For example, New York City is an extreme. Boston is an extreme. And we can get into it. We have a thriving smuggling scene here. You know, people hoarding cartons of cigarettes at the artificially low tax and arbitraging it up in in the Northeast where I think I saw the tax in New York is like $4.30 a a pack.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell me about that. Uh, So really when you look at it, the larger cities uh, all have this, even in Virginia. When you get to Northern Virginia – the, the localities are all uh, up close to a dollar a pack on a tax. In D.C., I think it's $2 a pack. Um, and when you really think about Richmond, we are a metropolitan hub and we are on the map and visitors are coming here. And I think it's one of those things that we need to maybe grow up a little bit and recognize that um, there are costs associated with uh, urban environments, and we need to be able to um, not only compete in that arena but to provide for those that live here that have thus far not received the attention of its government and frankly in Richmond with a poverty rate of twenty four percent and ninety percent of the schools uh, are uh, are the enrollment is African American forty percent of the children in Richmond public schools are living in poverty.
0: Wow. And there's no windfall revenue thing kind of waiting on the sidelines. I mean I talk to people who consider moving here and they say that one of the biggest impediments is the fact that uh, the public schools – I mean if you live in a good neighborhood, elementary school is fine. But then if you have to factor in the cost of private schooling because we've neglected our public schools for so long, it's such a palpable vestige of – uh, segregation and, and Jim Crow, and they say that you know in this town, the most divided places are the church on Sunday morning, schools, and pools. <laughs>
1: um, it's it is true, and there are a lot of people who can articulate the the historical racial segregation of Richmond and can map it still to this day in the inequities, and it has been talked about constantly. The Tale of Two Cities. Your education should not be dictated by the zip code in which you live in. And frankly, we have such disparities in this city. And one of the craziest disparities too, Robin, is life expectancies based on which zip code you live in. And one might just well argue that the smoking population in Richmond is in fact – correlated to some of these zip codes, and that's something that uh, through the Center for Disease Control, they're beginning to do smoking, uh, adult smoking data based on census tracts so that they really can begin to narrow down where the population lives that are uh, most uh, most addicted and still smoking, and I think you're going to find in Richmond that it is still very much tied to um, lower incomes. And that's very unfortunate because a lot of people say that that's an unfair tax. But at the same time, there's been a direct marketing campaign to these neighborhoods. When you go in and it's a food desert, and the only place that somebody could even buy a bag of chips is a convenience store that is covered, covered, outside and inside with advertising for cigarettes. And they're the ones who come to city council and say, you'll put us out of business. 32% of our business is from cigarette sales. Well, that's pretty incredible that you're in a food desert and you're not selling fresh produce and you're not offering anything that's healthy and 30-some percent of your retail business is coming from cigarettes. And these are the people who come up and and oppose you when there's public hearing? They are. The business owners, the 7-Eleven franchisees uh, speak – adamantly that that, we have so many
0: 7-elevens in richmond by the way
1: well i don't know about that but um (laughs) but i wonder if that's it actually the thing and
0: they're covered in tobacco advertising
1: they are and the thing that amazes me is if you pedal and you're going to push a product well of course that's going to market and bring in the greater revenue if you try to pedal a different product then maybe you can diversify your revenue i don't personally see having an 80 cent tax on a pack of cigarettes, doing much damage to a convenience store, particularly when we had yesterday's hearing, a convenience store that is directly across the street from VCU's campus. This is Virginia Commonwealth University with 40,000 students. I couldn't imagine that a convenience store is going to go out of business because there's an 80 cents per pack tax on smoking across from a college campus
0: full disclosure i'm robin farzad we're talking to councilman parker Agelasto here in richmond he is a torchbearer for a cigarette tax in the city of richmond and he's getting pushed back from he's talking about convenience stores but also uh... the tobacco giant here altria the parent of uh... philip morris we did have a, a news peg this week um... coming out of the fda which begins a push to cut addictive nicotine in cigarettes and uh, Commissioner Gottlieb uh, says that nicotine, he, he concedes, is highly addictive but not deadly. Instead, it's the burning tobacco and other substances inhaled through smoking that cause cancer, heart disease, and bronchitis. Smoking causes more than 480,000 deaths each year, despite decades of anti-smoking measures that have pushed the smoking rate to new lows. We have seen, um, whether you talk to the CDC or uh, Truth uh, the efficacy of, of tobacco taxes and kind of making it prohibitively expensive for people to have this habit have really worked. I mean people not really focusing on it as a revenue source but as a, as a kind of a paternalistic way to get you to uh, give up a really deadly habit.
1: So it's interesting because I see that as the second outcome. Frankly, I need revenues to fix our schools. Secondly, it's a public health policy. Absolutely. People know uh, for the most part that smoking is not good for them. Making the price of smoking a little bit more means that fewer people are going to start smoking. It prohibits the new smoker from entering the market, Uh, and that's mostly the teenagers. It becomes too expensive for them. The American Heart Association has said if you raise it to a dollar, that will – Have an effect. We're proposing to go to 80 cents from zero. It's a pretty hefty tax increase from zero, uh, and it's not quite a dollar. But I think it will also have a similar effect. You had mentioned um, you had mentioned kind of the effects and where can you see it. And I think most notably in 2009, that is when uh, President Barack Obama implemented a federal tax increase. That was the last time the federal tax on a pack of smokes uh, increased and it went from, I think the number was 48 cents up to a dollar and one per pack of cigarettes. It was almost a a 60 cent pack per um, 60 cent per pack tax increase, which is enormous. And you see the data, quite frankly, from the smoking rates from the early two thousands to now, have almost been cut in half. It was about 24 percent, and now it's down to 15 percent nationwide. That's a pretty substantial decrease in the smoking population.
0: I want to get down to brass tacks on this, and I know you don't want to make it about Altria or any specific company. Uh, people walk on eggshells in this town. We're we're still a very polite town. All right? there's something about you know keeping doors open and chivalry and and not talking out of turn. If you are this company with 120 billion dollar market capitalization, you are a massive, uh, you know, Fortune 20 giant. Why would you be in any rush to see your bread and butter revenue source go away? For as much as you can go out there and, you know, both Altria and Philip Morris USA and Philip Morris International in Switzerland, they say we frankly foresee a day when the cigarette disappears and it becomes vaping and alternative. Uh, you know, smoking cessation techniques and whatnot. But I look at their financials, councilmen, and it's still overwhelmingly cigarettes. Why would they want to disrupt themselves? Why would they, why would they, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, they might say something to regulators and the FDA, and uh, you see this, this ad which they've been forced to kind of, you know, regurgitate out on TV with this robotic voice. But internally and in communications to Wall Street, they're very content with the status quo.
1: And and I think that that may be. I think it is one of those of um, keep milking the cow as long as it can produce. But in Richmond particularly, the city back in um, 2005, 2006, uh, offered a huge economic development incentive to Altria to establish a research park um, within the Virginia Biotech Center. And that was a massive um, – grant Uh, the city is in this current budget in its last of a 10-year cycle of giving altria one and a quarter million dollars as an economic development incentive for having opened up that research facility that's the future of altria right and the city incentivized a future that was not related to to cigarettes the plant where they do the cigarette manufacturing is in South Richmond, and the economic development and It's the biggest
0: tobacco factory was, in the United
1: States. Well, they've consolidated every uh, every plant into Richmond. There, I don't think Altria has a plant outside of Richmond anymore. And so they have consolidated operations here. And as somebody who's on city council, one of the things that we have to make sure of is we wanna have a good diverse uh, income stream from lots of different thriving businesses. And Altria, from our perspective, is not what you're seeing on Wall Street as a growing and, and increasing revenues. In the city's perspective, we're receiving fewer and fewer tax dollars each and every year from Altria. And so as there is that slow bleed of loss of revenues because of the decline in their industry, we're feeling it even greater where we're now having to make harder decisions or try to, to make sure that we have enough additional job growth in our area to pick up where Altria is cutting.
0: Yeah, but they could say again that they're they're charitable. They hire a lot of people. That they,
1: uh... Robin, I'm going to be honest with you because you can get this data. It's open information. The Richmond Times Dispatch um, used used to, uh, up until last year, compile a list of the largest employers in the Richmond region. Ten years ago, Altria. Um, employed about 7,000 people in our region, not just the city but in Henrico or, or other surrounding localities. Today that number is down to 3,600. Mm. They have shed about half of their workforce in a decade. A lot of it is automation too. But when you say they've given back, well, it hasn't been in the form of you know, greater employment. Mm because they've been cutting back their employment. And I don't want to get into a debate about Altria because if Altria is successful, the city is successful. If Altria goes out of business, that's a big hit on the city. And you've got to you've got to weigh those things, but from a consumer tax and a tax that all 50 states have and that 92 other localities in Virginia have, I don't see that as As being something that is going to ultimately affect the bottom line of Altria too much.
0: Hmm. To look at the company's tobacco segment, by the way, and I'm quoting a a piece here in uh, the investment website, The Motley Fool by author Rich Dupree, Altria isn't giving up on traditional cigarettes. Uh, While Altria, like the rest of the industry, will continue to invest in and grow its smokeless products, including the next-generation reduced-risk products, the regular combustible cigarette market continues as it has been, and Altria will make the most of it. Namely, speaking at a recent analyst conference, the company's chairman and CEO, Marty Barrington, said that over the past five years, the tobacco company's smokable product segment, which includes Philip Morris USA, John Middleton, and Nat Sherman – grew adjusted operating income at a compounded annual rate of 6.4%, while margins grew 10 percentage points to 51.2%. Um, you know, to me as a, as a, as a cold eyed, um, you know I used to cover Wall Street and investing, it's a really paradoxical thing to see a company thriving financially on Wall Street in terms of the the stock price barometer and share buybacks and dividends and um, um, you know, shareholder value. When its fundamental product has been disrupted, I mean, you know, you saw newspapers disrupted by Google and Craigslist and whatnot. You saw BlackBerry disrupted by iPhone and everything. This is a company that just that just hangs on to its, uh, you know, its its core money maker. And I wonder to take it back to the Mayor Lavar Stoney's response after he pushed through the meals tax increase that this is a dwindling and unreliable re- revenue source. Um, what what is your research kind of made of that? Yes, yeah, suppose you do get that $0.80 cent a pack tax. Um, is this company's fortunes, are they going to just kind of fall off a cliff to the extent that increasingly fewer and fewer packs are going to be sold? And moreover, people are just going to go and buy them in
1: the county? It's hard to say. Uh, and Virginia is definitely a um, a holdover, I would say, in terms of, of smokers. The national smoking population is now 15.5 percent. In Virginia, uh, the data that I saw is uh, statewide, it's about 19%, and in the city, it's uh, closer to 23%, and so it's not dwindling as fast as it is other places, and maybe that's because Richmond doesn't have uh, the tax in place. One one major thing that I will say, and this has been reported to me, so I haven't uh, conducted the research myself, but... Vaping is a much more expensive um, option to get the fix of a nicotine high or something like that and the kids, the teenagers, want to try vaping. So they'll experience that but because it's more expensive, they'll fall back to cigarette smoking mm. because it's a less expensive option. So. There maybe is a built-in market of creating the next generation just because of pricing differences between the products. If it's going to cost you, let's say, a $1.50 to do an do a oil in your vaping pipe versus costing you $0.40 cents to smoke a cigarette mm. every time you want to get that, that nicotine fix – that That's a big price difference, sure. moreover, you've proposed the cigarette tax before
0: last year it, it failed to pass with only two votes in support. Um, as it is right now, the proposal won't come to a vote before what late April late April. What makes you think it might be different this time? Are we at a tipping point where people you know, in, in your district, for example, will come around to realize that, especially the restaurant owners in this town, I mean, we forget that. Like I, you know, I it, it hit me. I was, at, I was at Jimmy John's having a turkey sandwich yesterday. And I think it's 11.3% on a $10 thing. Isn't that a regressive tax? If you're having a sandwich, I'm not talking about, you know, Yes, it is a luxury thing, but 11.3% seems awfully steep. And people tried to push back at the mayor putting out a, a meals tax increase. Like, how much do you expect us to kind of shoulder the burden of, of all of this? People are not sharing in it equally.
1: Sure. Well, I, and I think, too, one pe- a lot of people say, well, look at the real estate tax because everybody shares in that equally. Hmm. There's only so much land in the city of Richmond. Assessed values have been going up in Richmond 5 and 6%. Some neighborhoods, I have some neighborhoods in the district that I represent where their assessed values have gone up over 100% in a single year. Our real estate market is pricing people out of homes that they've lived in for 40 and 50 years. When people say, oh, let's just increase the real estate tax because that's fair, it's actually not fair to the people who have seen their assessments go up 100% because neighborhoods are gentrifying. We're forcing people out of community. Meals tax, you can raise the meals tax and say that the people who buy a $100 dinner versus the $10 dinner are going to pay more into it. Okay, but it's the same percentage. Mm. And if I can't afford a $100 dinner and all I can afford is the $10 dinner, it's the same percentage. I'm paying my share. What's different here for a cigarette tax, well, you choose to smoke. That is a choice. Some people have said it's a luxury to smoke. I say it's an addiction. So whether it's a luxury or a choice, it's a problem. And it's a problem where people ultimately die. And we, the taxpayer, pick up substantially to cover the health care cost. There was a report out that said if you fully wanted to recover the cost To the taxpayer from Medicaid and other health-related expenses associated with smoking illnesses, we would have to tax each and every pack of cigarettes over $19 to make it net neutral so that taxpayers were not ultimately subsidizing the health cost for somebody's choice.
0: But the states already went after, the state attorneys general went after the industry in the late 90s with the master settlement. You know, um, states by and large are responsible for Medicaid, I believe, right? Medicare is a federal thing. And they wanted to recoup some of the excess costs. So now there's a, there's a kind of a built-in codependency. They don't want to see distress among the big tobacco makers because it's a cash cow for state coffers. That money is promised over 30 years, 35 years.
1: Yeah, I don't have a response for the well, dilemma. Well,
0: that's, that's the problem is if you've tapped that, if you've used that argument for um, recouping healthcare expenses, that's been tapped already. And this is kind of – what, what makes this situation so vexingly difficult in your cases is you're making a beeline between – you know, a, a, a pipe between um, kind of a, a vestigial vice in cigarette smoking in one of the tobacco capitals of America and – public education in some of the most downtrodden districts in this area here. And it also speaks to a fault in in public school finance in this country, right? It's very peculiar to the locality that you live in and the real estate tax base in that area. It's one thing if you live in in the posh neighborhoods in the West End and they're very prosperous elementary schools. It's another thing if you're in Gilpin Court or in, in, up in Church Hill. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem you see across the country. If you go to Gary, Indiana, Overtown, Miami um, – you know, Crenshaw, Los Angeles, uh, that increasingly cities are going to have to become more resourceful uh, if, if they face a public schooling crisis about
1: financing means. And I would agree with you 100% on that. When you look at what um, the city has received in state and federal support for public education over the last 10 years, there have been reductions in the financial support for schools. And the city council every year, has increased and covered the deficit for our schools. And that's been a a strain on our budget. But we have to. And why the General Assembly and why Congress hasn't quite gotten the memo is beyond me. I know that the General Assembly doesn't want to raise taxes. Who does? But at some point, you cannot continue to dig a deeper and deeper hole for yourself to try and get out of. Wouldn't it be much easier if you just saw incremental increases instead of having a massive walloping increase in one year? You know, I was looking um, at some data and Robin, I think you'd be interested in this because this might be part of your analysis for why uh, Wall Street likes Altria. They have pricing power. They are selling something that their customers Need. And from maybe five or six years ago, a price of a pack of cigarettes in Virginia was less than $5, average, Pack of Marlboro. And today it's almost – it's over six, maybe six and a quarter. That's a 20 percent right. increase in they, five
0: years. Okay, let's seize on that. They have pricing power that – then incrementally accrues to them and their shareholders and executive compensation. And they're arguing that they're unable to for their customers to absorb any sort of price increase in the way of a city tax. Why aren't they being called out on that?
1: Well, I think you just did.
0: Well, you're being very diplomatic. <laughs> We're talking to Parker Agilasto, city councilman in Richmond's 5th district. In a few minutes, we have left, councilman. I'd I'd just like to get a sense – be candid with us about the the behind-the-scenes suasion, how it works, you know, either with uh, uh – you know, cajoling you or trying to bring you in. I mean, this is a company that's given to our mayor. He's a rising star in the Democratic Party. He was very close to Terry McAuliffe. It's very interesting. Terry McAuliffe, uh, the former governor of Virginia, was a, a very close friend of the Clintons who went after the tobacco industry. I was a White House intern under Bill Clinton, and we worked on the master settlement. And yet, when you show up at Virginia... Right? You, don't, you don't talk about increasing a cigarette tax. You don't go against Big Mo. There used to be a billboard here, uh, everybody tells me, um, downtown, that said, shh, tobacco is sleeping, right? You don't want to wake up the crop and anything like that. It's very interesting. That, and the former mayor here uh, um, who unveiled what was at the Altria Theater was very close with, with Big Tobacco, Big Mo, it's called, Philip Morris. M.O. is the ticker. Um, in other cities you see it kind of as a partisan thing they re- they support the Republican party here whether you're a democrat or rising star in the democratic party whether you're a republican whether you're old money blue blood red blood
1: tobacco's good Tobacco in Virginia is the founding of Virginia the entire economy of Virginia can trace its roots to tobacco You've got to be cognizant of that. Um, And so whether it is Altria or some other historical entity, um, I think that there is a deference to uh, it has been substantially part of how Virginia has had its economy. But what you have heard with Terry McAuliffe is we have to reinvent Virginia's economy. We can't rely on the federal government for jobs anymore. Richmond can no longer rely on Altria for jobs anymore. We have to reinvent Virginia, and we have to reinvent the city for a new future. And it's and ditto, not ditto railroads. Ditto.
0: At at one point, we were the, you know, Ethelcorp made lead for leaded gasoline, and we were we were known as Big Lead. I mean, these jobs come and go. We were a railroad town, right? We were 150 years ago, 160, 70 years ago, regrettably, a slave trading entrepot. And uh, these things have to evolve, but this company has a lot of sway and a lot of suasion still. And I wonder if they've been working behind the scenes to kind of get you to get off this pedestal because I I, I wonder what stood out and why I wanted to book you on the show is you were literally the only voice that I've found in this city. And I've been here six years that is willing to go up against... Big Mo. Now, maybe you don't want that spotlight. Maybe you're saying this is not about that. This is not about aggrandizement. But it seems
1: like a lonely battle. Every decision that I make in Richmond is because I think that's the right decision. And it's trying to represent the constituents of of not just the 5th District but the city to my best of my abilities. And one of the challenges that we have is the state of our schools and I don't see solutions coming forward and when you have no solutions coming forward and you're willing to put an idea on the table, I'm committed to my idea and I believe it's the right idea and I think it's going to ultimately get the support of my colleagues on council because our schools are so behind on maintenance. And that we have to make this commitment. Mayor Stoney used the the phrase, the kids can't wait. We cannot graduate another generation of students before coming in and helping to fix the decrepit maintenance issues that we know. And I will just point out, in some of those years where Altria was given economic development grants to build its research tech park, the school's maintenance budget got zero dollars appropriated to it. That, to me, is a wrong that must be righted. Park Rajalosto, councilman of the 5th
0: District in Richmond, Virginia. He is proposing an 80-cent-a-pack cigarette tax, which until recently would have been unthinkable here, but as, as he said, to repair some of the um, really uh, steep inequalities of, of uh, school system outcome In the city, we still have such a de facto segregated school system and uh, such a profound case of the haves and the have-nots in this town. I'm really grateful for you coming on the show finally. I've been trying to chase you for months. Thanks, Robin. Full disclosure, our engineer is John Valentine. You can catch us and love us on NPR1. It's a great app. And on iTunes at FullDRadio.com. We're on Facebook.com slash FullDRadio and Twitter at FullDRadio. I'm Robin Farzad. Back with you next week.
1: Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Pop, pop, pop. If you smoke yourself to death
0: Tell Saint Peter at the Golden Gate That you hates to make him wait But you just gotta have another
1: cigarette